Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. You are listening to The Mouth Report, a live radio show that ventures into the mysteries of life, as well as the hot topics of the day, either political or business. I want to welcome everybody to this evening's show. Oh, August 17th. Wow. Where did... Where did 2021 go? I was going to say, where did summer go? But I don't even know where 2021 went. I'm dumbfounded. But anyways, my guest, my guest tonight is Amy Bird of Bird. Oh, jeez. Amy, I'm sorry. We were talking, we were just talking a few minutes ago and I told you that I forgot to do this, that and the other. And then I couldn't figure out off the wall. So this show might go one of two ways. It's either going to be all time classic or you're going to hate me. Just so you know. <laughs> I doubt I'll hate you. <laughs> How are you doing tonight, Amy? I'm doing great. Yourself? Well, it seems like I'm hit and miss right now, so we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll push through this together. So, Alrighty. Give me the fu- – I, I, I've read a little bit about you, but for the listeners who are just hearing your voice and don't know who you are for the first time, let's, let's give them the thumbnail sketch of who you are, and we'll dig through the rest of it. Sure. Um, I'm a holistic healer. I was uh, got my Reiki Master back in May of 2000, and – Integrative Energy Therapy, I studied that with Stephen Thayer um, back in 2001. Uh, massage therapy, uh, NCB, TMB certified to provide um, CEUs for massage therapists. But I kind of fell into doing Reiki. I was working at a computer company doing accounting and management and had these horrific migraine headaches. And I just... You know, no matter what I did, I went to the chiropractor, I took the aspirin, I put the Coke, I drank the Coke, I put the ice on the back of the neck, and nothing seemed to work. So a friend of mine suggested I try Reiki. She knew somebody who, I guess, needed practice dummies for her certification. So um, I tried that, and I was never so relaxed in my life. My son was jumping up and down on the bed. I saw all kinds of colors. And her hands were like beet red, and she said, I think you're supposed to study this. So that was, um, yeah, over 20 years ago. I learned from a Catholic nun, of all people, um, in South Jersey. And there was my life before Reiki and my life after Reiki. So I'm going to go with Germantown Runner here because he asked a good question right off the top. Shout out to everybody on the mm-hmm. Duck Pond listening live because they're awesome. And they're going to make this pretty easy for me tonight, I get the feeling, because... Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how much uh, they do for me. Um, for those listening around the world who might not know what Reiki is, can you and light therapy? Can you explain that for them? Sure, it's relatively new. It's only about five thousand years old, and it's based on the premise that there are physical manifestations for spiritual and emotional causes. So, when you have a headache or some kind of stressor to the body. Um, it's caused by an outside influence, not necessarily the in, um, the body itself. So if you have a headache, it's probably not a tumor. It's the effect of stress. So what Reiki does is just kind of goes in and works like very fine sandpaper and works on the meridians and the energy to kind of open that up to let everything flow freely. So Okay, so I've got, I'm going I'm to ask this question because... <clears throat> You started working in a computer firm, and then you went to Reiki, and then you went to massage. Now, Reiki, I know Reiki can be done over a long distance, and massage is more hands-on. Um, I see I see the paths, and of course, in my I, as you can't see my hands talking, because this doesn't work on the phone. Uh, they're going different directions, though, because like I said, you could do that one long distance, and well, massage is hands-on. How did, how did those paths cross for you, though? 
Um, because you bring whatever you need to in your little black bag when you go to work on a client. So I studied crystals and oils and integrative energy therapy and reconnection and all, all different kinds of things because not everybody reacts the same to everything. So you may need a little booster when you do a treatment for somebody. And it gave me a better um, understanding of the physical body. Now, being in the computer realm of life, when somebody came to you and said that you could transfer energy, did that? how did that conversation go? Because I could see it going um, one of actually, two ways. <laughs> yeah, they, they used to call me Torch, and I didn't understand why at the time, but I took out like three computers and two timestamps, and they actually said if you take out one more computer, we're going to give you an abacus. Um, <laughs> because my, I guess my energy field at that point was just high. So it would take out uh, electronics around me. There are different times that I'll go to. There are different days that I'll go to stores, and every register I go to to check out will shut off. Oh yeah, and and I find for me, if I'm not working, if I'm not doing Reiki or some kind of distance healing, um, that's when I start taking out, you know, um, more electronics. So, Kat wants me to ask. Before you got in the Reiki, were you sensitive? Did you feel things? I did, but I kind of, you know, I when I was probably, I guess, around nine, ten years old, um, I felt a presence in my room which was not positive, and um, I kind of went into a prayer mode, and the thing kind of took off into the dark. And then as life happened, I kind of put things to the back burner. You know, had family, had a job, had a regular life. And as that kind of progressed and I was able to get back into Reiki, um, get back into healing, the other gifts started to resurface. Yeah, I I appreciate the life getting busy and all that other fun stuff because I've I've Mm -hmm. felt so out out of whack. Well, of course... The planet has changed, right? And then, of course, my own my own stuff started six months before COVID hit the world. So I'm kind of, and I'm like, where's this? You know, because I'm, I'm like, I just need to get centered, and I keep trying to find it. And of course, my center that I believe that I had isn't doesn't exist anymore because, like I said, everything's changed. So now I'm kind of right. like in this. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Floating around trying to figure it out. I guess. Yeah, a lot of people who come to me, what I like about white light Reiki is there's a process called an attunement when you study. And it kind of goes in like a rotor-rooter and just cleans everything out of your systems. It's like the easiest way to get recentered and back to basics. And then you can kind of continue on from there. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but I, I, you know, I train people from all different walks of life, engineers, nurses, parents, um, people with autism. Um, I used to work at an outpatient mental health place with addictions and cutting and anxiety. And the good thing about Reiki is that it just doesn't focus on what's manifesting. It focuses on the um, basis of where it's coming from. And that could be this lifetime, that could be previous lifetimes. Um, so there's, there's a lot. As, as a, more I studied, um, the more kind of gifts that came about. Um, I remember the first time I was working on somebody and I saw something that looked like an x-ray of a lung. And I was like, what is this now? Um, so it kind of a medical intuitive started happening. Not something that I searched for, but just kind of started to naturally release itself. So people would come in and I could see cancer nodules. I could see what was wrong with their their lungs. Um, I was able to help them with frozen shoulders, with heart problems. I mean, it's the weirdest thing I've ever done, but the most rewarding thing I've ever done. So upon that, I feel like I need to jump backwards and I feel sometimes I feel like I jump around and you're just going to have to deal with me. Um, <laughs> no problem. Uh, so the first time you went and had Ricky done, but what made you want to become a practitioner, or practitioner, I guess is what I was looking for, of trying yeah, to do because, it for its others? Yeah, with that first session, all of this wonderful stuff kind of got released, all these childhood 
positive memories. Um, I kind of calmed down, which I was a type A personality running through the hallways at work. My migraine stopped completely, um, which I was one of those people on the bathroom floor with a pillow over my head. So it was amazing. And, and this woman was like, you know, I think you're supposed to do this. And I was like, why not? You know, um, I'll go and study. And when I showed up, it was full of nuns and Sunday school teachers. And I was like, maybe I'm in the wrong place. Um, but, you know, they got me to where I could move and start to do this on my own. And the first couple of clients I did were my poor little family members, um, cousins who said, all right, you can try this. I know you went to go, you know, take this class and you're anxious to do something. And then they were like, you can do this anytime you want. Um, my hands would heat up. They would see colors. Um, they would get so relaxed. Sometimes they would fall asleep on the table. I found it um, more relaxing than doing a massage for somebody. And then it went deeper. Uh, it went past the physical, into the emotional, and into the spiritual. So it hooked me right away to see that, you know, we can work and help each other and make that kind of difference in somebody's life. That's funny you say spiritual because I looked at my notes trying to figure out where I wanted to steer this to in the second word because we the first word on my notes was healing. We've kind of stepped mm -hmm. across that. And then I looked over here and I seen spirituality because I have to imagine this has changed your perspective on that too, like how you perceive all this stuff that goes on around us. Um, yeah, you know, my, my ex-husband used to say, you know, come on, we're going to these like corporate events, you know, and we would go in and he's just like, please don't. Like, don't, don't talk. Just just sit there and, you know, when we're done, we'll go home. But, but don't talk about what you do. And um, I would just start and all of a sudden people would be pulling up chairs because they wanted to hear about this. They wanted to hear about the healing. Um, yeah, I had a, a guy at an outpatient mental health place and he came in and he said, you're supposed to be so good. You tell me what's wrong with me. I said, okay, fine. He got on the table, I worked with him, and I said, you have esophageal and stomach cancer. The worst of it is in your stomach. You have um, six months to live, and you have no relationship with your wife and daughter. How would I do? <laughs> and he just, like, he was just, like, shocked, and then he started to cry, and then I just held him, actually held each other for the longest time, and he's like, I'm so glad that you said this. You know, he was able to go and repair his relationships before he transitioned over. Um, you know, I've had people who, you know, I've been able to see them getting pregnant or helping people cross over, you know, during those last moments on the planet. So, you know, it's just, it's gone from, because I've been doing this over 20 years. So it's gone from that beginning stages of going, my hands are hot, I can see lungs, to, oh my gosh, is that your uncle standing next to the table? I can help both of you trans like transition that person and, and help you, you know, uh, mend your fences so that he can go do what he's supposed to do and you can do what you need to do. So it's just, it's become very in-depth. That's I, I wrote a book, it's called Beyond Reiki, and it kind of talks about the beginnings and how they... Um, along with the energy, how the different gifts showed up and, and you know, helping transition people and helping heal people. And it's just, it's just been amazing. It's just, there's nothing better. And the good thing is that everybody can do this. Um, you're born with a receptor the size of a garden hose on the top of your head. And when you study, it kind of opens up to the size of a fire hose. And we funnel in this energy that's all around us. I mean, people sense energy all the time. You know, you walk into somebody's house and you go, hmm, no, this is not good. Or, hey, this is, feels really good in here. Or you go to the mall during the holidays and you feel good when you, you know, go into the mall. When you come out, you're all drained because of the energy and the vibes around you. So this is a way to focus that energy for positive results. So I'm going to ask you this because we're talking about energy and sensing people, sensing things with people, and that mm -hmm. leads me to pets because, well, they they notice bad people before we do most of the time. Do you, have you tried yeah. to use Ricky on a pet? Um, I've always been a kids' dog and old people person. 
And after studying Reiki, it just got worse, <laughs> meaning that, like, if I'm across the street, a dog will stop and stare at me and go, you know, can can you come over here? I have um, people's pets who come in, and they don't talk to any other humans, but I come in, they sit on my feet. And it's like, work on me and work on me now. Um, I have had instances where I've empathed with animals. Uh, I was working on this one woman in this little... Uh, dog Maltese just jumped on my lap and I could see in my mind's eye the picture of this woman running in, dropping off one set of keys, picking up another and running out the door. And the dog's looking at me like, I'm very worried about her. I'm like, okay, fine. I will address this in a minute. Can you get off my lap? So um, sure enough, the woman was doing this like for a whole week and she's like, I can't believe my dog ratted me out. Um but but there's been many times where, you know, I'm just in the middle of nowhere and, you know, birds will show up. And I'm like, this is like a, the Snow White effect. Um, you know, elk, deer, whatever happens to be in the area. And they'll just come right up and just, like, stare at me. So, yeah, because animals are always on that unconditional love frequency. I, I can't. I can't imagine, but I can't imagine at that level because I've had some of those weird things, but not nearly to that degree. Okay, so you mentioned the books, so please. I, I'm, mm-hmm. assume, I'm assuming Amazon, but where can people find you in the book? You know, give me, give yeah, me a good. Amazon. Yeah, it's it's called Beyond Reiki, an autobiography of a Reiki master, um, and Beyond Reiki because it talks about what the beginnings of Reiki are, and then how people transcend, I guess, what they think they are into who they are. Um, We're doing a class here in San Diego, uh, I think it's September 18th, and I'm working with a breath worker named James Beard, who's phenomenal. So we're going to do a whole morning of modules with Reiki and energy work, and then the afternoon is going to be breath work. And that's to help people move past where they are and grow into their best possible healing. So it's kind of like taking ancient techniques and fitting them to a modern world because everything we need to deal with our stressors are are right within us, our energy and our breath. I was working at a hospital not too long ago and um, in radiology, and I would get frequent phone calls from the MRI department in the back, send Amy, send Amy. <laughs> And um, I'd walk in the back and I'd ask the patient if it's okay for me to do a little bit of calming and Reiki with them. And they would be able to sustain being in the MRI tube, whereas before they were starting to have anxiety. So the book chronicles um, beginning stories all the way up to current. And then as things change or as I discover more, I'll be happy to put that in writing. But people have been after me for a long time to write down my stories um, because, you know, it's a constant. And when I talk to people, they're like, I don't know how I know this, but I know you're telling me the truth. Well, that's a good, that's a good thing, I guess, because so often anymore I wonder if anybody's telling us the truth. So, <laughs> Yeah, I... I do um, a lot of work. I had a, a business partner and a really good friend. His name is um, Chuck Lehman, and he has Chuck's Paranormal Adventures. So we um, worked at Gettysburg. We did Mammoth Battlefield, and we also um, did some work down at Rose Hill, which is where there was a 1940s, there was a shark attack in the river, and I guess... Um, you know, boys were playing, three boys were playing, and a man jumped in to save them. Well, you know, he saved two of the boys, but he lost his own life, and one of the children passed away. So we went to Rose Hill, and, you know, they, they were doing recordings of everything that was happening because along with the Reiki um, energy, it also opens you up to, I guess, kind of spiritual energy. So the ghosts that were there. So I was looking at one gravestone, and it said that this woman was some kind of radio operator in World War II. And I felt all of a sudden somebody grab my shoulders and physically start to push me back. And my friend Chuck was watching as my arms were flailing and my legs were flying. And there was a 
pond to my left and a group of reeds to my right. And I said, if you push me into either one of those, buddy, you're going to stay here a very long time. And he pushed me my back right into the tree. So Chuck comes running over, and he's like, what's going on? I said, this guy pushed me, and he puts his hands in front of me. He goes, ew, ectoplasm. Um, so, you know, we're not only counseling people who are in this existence, but people who are kind of stuck in between worlds and in spirit realm. So it turns out that this guy owned some kind of, I guess, pub or something back during the Depression, and he actually committed suicide because he was going under and he didn't know what else to do. So we kind of counseled him, and at the end, I kind of do this thing to help lost souls cross over. It's one of the things in, that kind of came up. Um, it's called a gatekeeper. Again, not something I study, just kind of came up. And I said, okay, here's the deal. I said, anybody who's, you know, stuck in this cemetery in between worlds, um, I'm going to give you like 20 minutes and we're going to cross you over. So I had everybody form a circle and we did what we were doing. And you could actually hear in the recordings from the paranormal investigators all these feet crossing over the, the gravel parking lot. And one woman who's like, thank you, thank you so much. That's, ugh. anyways, I, I got a question for you though. Um, sure. You mentioned Gettysburg. Give me, mm -hmm. give me some more about Gettysburg, because if it wasn't for yeah. Gettysburg, we wouldn't be talking tonight. So I, there's a, I have a love hate relationship with that place, but I'll let you go first. Tonight. That place, it freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> I went there and I literally ran the path around it because I could feel everything that was still there. You know, the energy from the battle and the wounds and the this and the that. And I was just like, I don't care wherever I go, but I, I you know, I know one day I'll get back there to clear some of the, the souls out. But there's so much blood at Gettysburg. I just, oh, freaked me out. I was in um, Hawaii and my host there said, do you want to go to the Arizona? And I said, sure. So I went to the Arizona and... My plan was to do some healing work and crossing over souls. So she's a native of Hawaii, so she went off, and she's like, I hate coming here. This place is always so depressing, and it feels really bad. And I said, okay, I'm just going to go to the back of this ship over here, and just I'm just going to reflect. So she went walking off, and I kind of did my thing and um, dressed myself in a sailor outfit and said, get the heck out of here. What do you guys want to die down here? Blah, blah, blah. And kind of opened up this light portal and they these all ran in to the light except for one guy who ran the wrong way and I'm like well I can't help you so um, kind of finished what I was doing and the woman came over and she said did you do something I said why she said the energy feels really different here because I have lived here all my life I hate this place I don't want to come here she goes but all of a sudden it just became very peaceful well that's good. I mean, that's so, good. So one day I will get back to Gettysburg, and I will hopefully do the same thing there. I've done it at um, Mammoth Battlefield, and we've cleared out a bunch of people. Um, but sometimes they just don't want to go. Sometimes they're comfortable where they are or afraid to to pass into the unknown. So, okay, so let's tell my part of my... I don't want to tell the whole story because, you know, people have probably heard it before, and so I don't want to bore everybody to death, but I'll fill you in. Um, we were there with my seven, eight-month-old son, and um, he's, we were down at the haunted, one of the haunted cellars, and he was babbling on to something we couldn't see. Well, the storyteller was telling us this great story about how there was a kid here. You know, well, I'm paying to get a haunted story, right? Well, of course, mm -hmm. he swears up and down one side, down the other. It's true that he's not telling stories. He's, you know... You know, you know, the whole bunch. Right. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, yeah, you're telling me a story. You know, great. Of course, then he just starts babbling off at something. And he doesn't, like, he has never done it that long. And, you know, there's nobody over there. And he's just going off. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And, of course, he's trying to tell me, yeah, your son sees that other child. And, you know, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. I write it off because, well, that's what you do at this point. 
right. the next next day we're out at Devil's Den and uh, I see this reenactor and I'm like, oh sweet, I've been looking for one because, well, I'm this kind of person that needs a picture of these kind of strange people because what else can you do in Gettysburg but get a picture of a reenactor <laughs> right. because <laughs> so just because I'm this that, that kind of person. So I go to try to find this person and I can't find him. And I ask a bunch of people if they've seen him and they're looking at me like I'm on something. And then somebody, so this sweet old lady, I really should, I wish I could find her and track her down and, well, anyways. And she's like, sweetie, you've probably seen a ghost. Mm-hmm. And I went, no, he was there. And she's like, I've seen you asking other people and nobody else has seen him. And I've been here for hours and I haven't seen one all day. Anywhere I've right. been. I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I walk away from her. I didn't, you know, want to hear it. Right. <laughs> uh, we had, we had a friend. We went to to Mammoth, and um, I took a friend who I've known forever, and she's like, okay, I'm finally going to go on one of these ghost hunts with Chuck and Amy and blah blah blah. So we're walking around this old house, and she's on her own, and she's looking up into one of this dilapidated windows, and she's like, ah, oh, look at that. I didn't know they had tapestries back then. She goes, yeah, I saw this picture of this girl with this blue dress. And she's like, and I'm just looking at the tapestry. She said, then it turned and looked at me. She was like, I never questioned it again. (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine. Uh, You know, I've seen and heard so many strange things, but I can't imagine something turning to look at you like that. Yeah, it's like something out of Ghostbusters. I can't. I just can't. I'm just so <laughs> dumbfounded at this point. So, oh, so th- another question from the pond. We haven't heard a lot of them sure. tonight. Um, what do you do if a, uh, does she ask if, oh, hold on. I told you, you're going to love me or hate me. Let's get the question focused. Does That's she, fine. <laughs> does she ask the souls if they want to go before she tries to cross them over? And what if they don't want to go? Um, if they don't want to go, it's fine. Um, usually I open up like kind of a gate and it all depends on where I'm at. Like, um, you know, in the Rose Hill Cemetery, I had people who we were kind of standing in this circle with this light in the middle and they were like, we feel like we're at a Springsteen concert because you could feel them pushing. And I'm like, just, just your, drop your arms and let them go. Um, another one we went to was Tenant Church in New Jersey. And um, those people kind of lined up single file, and we had to wait for them one at a time to go in. Um, but if they don't want to go in, that's fine. I went to um, Chestnut Hill Cemetery in East Brunswick, New Jersey, and there was a group of guys who were soldiers, and they were perfectly happy being where they were. They just asked if we could drop off some whiskey. <laughs> I can appreciate that. Right. <laughs> so, you know, so no, I, there is no forcing. Uh, a lot of times if someone's fearful, you know, I, I can go in and kind of explain how the transition process works because I've seen a lot of people transition. And um, now it's to the point if I go to a funeral or something, they're like, where are they? Are they here? I'm like, yeah, they're right there. What do you want to know? <laughs> you know, um, your mom said you can have that pin, but she doesn't want all this stuff on the flowers. Yeah, that kind of stuff. But um, you know, and it and it turns out to be accurate. I mean, it still surprises me. You know, I just I I kind of look at these people and look at their spirit and. Um, if people are in the hospital, you know, like nurses can usually tell if they're in hospice how many days. And it's kind of the same thing. When I walk in, I look at them and go, okay, um, yeah, we got 24 hours here, 36, or, you know, it's going to be a week kind of a thing. And, and a lot of times I'll work with the person who's transitioning because there's all those stages of death. So a lot of times I'm like, okay, do you want to know what it's like? Like, what's going to actually happen when you transition and this and that? And I said, it's all very matter-of-fact, and there's a system, and you're not going to be totally lost. And then they kind of calm down and are able to go out peacefully. Yeah, I, 
I don't want to think about that stuff, but obviously, it t- you know, <clears throat> being in the, the, the collection of hobbies that I have, <laughs> the afterlife is a part of it all, and of course, to get to that point, you have to, well, right? I'll say it, you have to die before right. you can get to the afterlife, as fortunate as that is, and, you know, you talk to all these people, and at least, I don't know if it's gotten easier, right, to think about these things, of course... It has it has got easier to talk about them. That's for sure. Um. Right. <laughs> well, you know, because like movies like Sixth Sense and all this other stuff have brought this easier to discuss. You know, um, twenty years ago when I would tell people this, I was like, you know, I should use this when I speed date. I see dead people, and they'll <laughs> take off. Now it's like I see dead people. Really? What do you see? You know, how does, how does that work? Um, yeah, I got a phone call one time from my sister and brother-in-law and they're in the car and he's on speaker and he goes, I'm being chased by someone. I said, living or dead? And he's like, really? (laughs) He's like, I'm a cop. So, okay, dead. I said, wasn't it just your mother's birthday? He goes, oh crap. (laughs) I was like, yeah, you, I said, you didn't do anything, did you? He goes, no, I'll do it tomorrow. I was like, does that explain it? He goes, yep. So the veil is very thin now. Um, Years ago, it would take people like, you know, a year or two to get the hang of being able to come back and actually like drop signs or signals or touch or, or do things for people. But now it's so fine that um, almost immediately they're able to come back and communicate. So, and it might just be that us as humans are actually starting to be able to get that um, chip upgrade uh, where we can work on that same frequency. Yeah. Mind's spinning. I know, it's bizarre. (laughs) Like there's four different problems going on in my head right now and I don't know which one to address. Uh, Let's go back to Ricky for just a minute, though. Is this sure? Because I know some of these, like, um, like when I talk to mediums, they can't read themselves and all this other stuff. But can you do Ricky on yourself? Yes, yes. Um, it's more effective um, if you're in a better spot. You know, you're not depressed, you're not sick, you're not this. Um, but there are times, you know, I can definitely boost myself up. Um, it's more fun doing Reiki shares and having other people like get a, get a second opinion kind of a thing. Like Elena, who I talked about is a really good, um, resource for me and I for her. Um, so if we get stuck, we'll call each other and then she'll be like, Oh, did you do this? Did you do that? And I'm like, Oh yeah, no, I need to do that to clear myself up and clean up my diet and then everything will be good. Yeah, uh, you know, that's an interesting thing because that, that one, you know, some of these things, like I said, they don't transpire to yourself. Or, so it does, it's interesting. But this part of it works and that part doesn't. It's a fun mm-hmm. puzzle at times when you're trying to put it all together. <laughs> it is. And, you know, I've taught probably over a thousand people at different levels. Um, and it doesn't matter where you begin. It just, matters where you end but I always tell people I'll meet you where you are you know I'll tell you that this stuff is available kind of out here but you know I'll help you gradually get there and that happens when we do Reiki shares we have practitioners that get together and work on like maybe there's four people working on one person on the table and somebody will have a gift for past life stuff, somebody is physical healing, somebody's emotional. So if you have a problem with your shoulder, they're going after it in four or five different ways. Um, but you know, but yeah, we can work on ourselves, but we work on each other and that's what Reiki is for. It's a, a gift for us to help each other be the best that we can possibly be. So I can't remember if I referenced this during the show or before the show a few so if I didn't reference it during the show, understand that me and the guests talk before the show. This magic doesn't all happen by itself. But I, I said, you know, because I, 2020 was such a, I'll say it, cluster. I say that oh, again. Yeah. I, I, I stopped myself. I was going to say both words, but I didn't. Uh, 
and so and time has kind of had this weird metric for the last little bit. And then I heard heard you say that the veils thinned, and I'm thinking time mm-hmm. has, you know, this time has shifted what time means to different people. And there are days like today where my days went whoa fast, and there are other days where I'm looking at the clock going, it's only 9.30 a.m. Like, it feels like 4 o'clock. Right. What, what's right. going on? What's well, going on right now? <laughs> well, you know, we've, we've all got, we've all had a shift. You know, it was a wake up call. You know, we were all kind of on that treadmill, you know, doing our corporate thing, doing our family thing, doing, 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 especially here in the United States. But, um, but COVID made us stop, you know, and it was kind of a, a good thing in one way. I mean, Look at when they showed um, what Venice looked like. They had dolphins in the canals of Venice. They were clear. Um, Los Angeles had no smog. You know, people were spending time with their families. And now people are, like, saying, okay, get back to work. And they're like, well, (laughs) you know, I kind of got used to um, community again and family again. And I'm getting myself off the treadmill. So I think people are reevaluating what's important in their life. And it's scary. I mean, there's not a lot of people that I talk to who are not tired. You know, because it's the constant stressor of, okay, is this it? Like, is there going to be another shoe that's going to drop? Um, the only thing that you can do is take care of yourself. Build up your immune system. Work on your energy. You know, when you start thinking negative thoughts, turn it around. Um, because we are spiritual beings on a physical path, not the other way around. So when you, where you put your energy is what happens. So, you know, yourself, if you get up in the morning and go, this is going to be a terrible day, it turns out to be a terrible day. So not to be Pollyanna, not every day. Um, will be absolutely perfect, but when you realize that, you know, be careful what you're saying. Be careful what you ask for, because you just might get it. <laughs> don't don't get me started on this tired bit. I don't even know if I want to get into that <laughs> with you right now. Uh, anyways, <laughs> let's uh, let's get through the show. Let's let's leave my first world problems aside. Um, <laughs> it's a yeah, fun. That's a fun adventure. Um, so, but have, have okay, so let's make this personal, not necessarily personal for you, but sure. Um, has how has your practice transitioned? Because like, if everybody's being home and all this stuff, how, is, has your business stayed the same, increased, decreased? Uh, of course, I hope it doesn't hasn't decreased. I don't want to get into that if it has. Well, but. it did only because um, we decided to close the office that we had in New Jersey right before COVID hit which was fine. And then I was working at a hospital. So I was still, I mean, I was working on staff and patients and, you know, so I was still working where needed. And then um, at the end of last year, I moved out to San Diego. So, you know, it's a difficult area to try to get into because these people are already into yoga and this and that. Um, but, you know, I would love to be able to take a crack to get it a little bit deeper, you know, um, to let them feel a little bit more rather than so much living on the surface. So yeah. still private clients, which are fine. Um, eventually when people get a little braver, you know, I'll do some more classes. Like I said, we have a class coming up on September 18th. Um, I did a Reiki share just last weekend, which was great. Um, new people, which I love. Um, and they were like, oh, my gosh, I could feel this. Oh, my gosh, my hands are heating up. What does this mean? I'm like, I so love the curiosity of it. Um, I'm like, okay, let me tell you why this is happening. So, you know, I, I just love the opportunity to work and um, to share what I know because the more people who train, uh, the more it can travel throughout the globe. I had a psychic tell me a long time ago, she goes, you're going to touch millions of people. I said, really? She said, four people at a time. I said, that's going to take me an awful long time. Uh, but but that's what happens. I'll train, like, two people, and they train two people, and so on and so on. Or they work on people, 
or, you know, when you do Reiki, your fuse gets a little bit longer. So maybe you're going to flip somebody off on the parkway, but it's not going to be as often. Or if somebody's in front of you at the line at the grocery store and they have a bunch of items and there's a price check, you're not going to go off as quickly. So, you know, so in that way, it helps everybody. And that's kind of what I want to do. I want to train people so they could help their family, help themselves, and just, like, drop this thing like a little stone in a pond and let it just vibrate out. So... If somebody has found this conversation interesting about Reiki tonight, how does somebody go about finding someone more more locally than you? Or maybe we already talked about how to find you, but how? what kind of advice would you give somebody going out now who's heard this and feels the need or the interest to go do it? Yeah, talk to, talk to the practitioner first. Um, trust your gut. Your head and your heart sometimes will send you in the wrong direction. But if your gut goes, you know what, I like what they're saying, I feel comfortable with them, um, check out who they studied with, what type of Reiki they've done, because there's different modalities under the umbrella of Reiki, um, and how experienced they are. You know, I mean, I'm referring people in New Jersey all the time, um, and like I said, now I'm out on the West Coast, so, but, um, but yeah, there's there's plenty of people. I mean, you know, you can't throw a rock without hitting somebody who has studied. Um, I would look for somebody who has studied hands-on, not over the Internet. Um, it's kind of like uh, you go outside and you sniff a rose, but you can put the picture of it on TV, but you're not getting the full effect. You know, hands-on, yeah. being in person has has a lot to, to, to do with that. Yeah, because, oh, goodness. Yesterday, or seven years ago, as it were, <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> uh, I got a phone call from one of my paranormal team members, and they said, hey, I have this Reiki ma- master at my house, and they're kind of skeptical of the person that, do you have any questions for them? And I said, yeah, put them on the phone, because, well, here I am, what do I do, right? And um, I said, well, tell me something, you know, being this idiot that I am, right, you know, not... <laughs> thinking about- this person is all knowledgeable and all, you know, like prophetic and, you know, like all this, you know, all this stuff. And he says, well, you tell me something first. And I said, okay, what do you want to know? And he says, what, what feels different now? And I said, nothing, you know? And he says, mm-hmm. okay. And then probably, I want to say a minute. I don't know. It felt, I don't know, you know? I felt what right. I want. What I want to call is, well, for the sake of this conversation, like a needle or a bee sting or something in the left shoulder. And well, for those who if you are paying attention at home, that hurt. And uh, I'm like, he's like, oh, and, and I kind of must have made a noise. And he's like, did you feel something? And I'm like, yeah. What did I feel? And he tells me, and I went, oh, pretty cool. You can have, mm-hmm. <laughs> give them the phone back. <laughs> right. And I right. Them, you I mean, know. <laughs> you know, there, yeah, there are a lot of gifted practitioners out there, um, people for whom I guess if this is a passion, not just a paycheck, um, would be something. And um, if they studied a bunch of other modalities, too. I mean, just, just like I said, because it just pro- gets the practitioner – more well-rounded and will help you uh, train better. Um, yeah, more experience. Yeah, more experience. But that's great that they were able to do that. So I guess my, my question for you is, I mean, obviously this is probably a, another year or so out, but we're going to ask it because you're here and I just like asking these kind of loaded questions. Where, mm-hmm. where do you Ricky Masters congregate? Is, I, you've, you told me some paranormal stories, so I could see you being at a paranormal event. But I have to imagine there's somewhere else this... I don't know. What, what, you know what I'm saying here, I think. We're everywhere. Um, <laughs> well, is there like, it, a, they, like a... I don't want to say New Age healing... To, I don't want to say tour. Oh, good grief. I should just shut up now. <laughs> no. I mean, there's classes. Like I said, like I'm doing a class 
um, people, um, the holistic shops, um, Earth Spirit and Red Bank is really good. Um, look, go talk to the people who own those kind of spiritual shops, holistic shops, holistic book shops, and they'll be able to point you toward a group. Um, look on Meetup. Um, a lot of people are doing Reiki shares. So, you know, that would be somewhere. But, you know, there is no um, one place that says, okay, you know, we're under this umbrella and these are the certified and these are the real Reiki people. Um, that's not the way it works. For nineteen ninety nine a month, so, I could probably start that. Oh, wait, jeez, up okay. Yeah, right? <laughs> right. Well, you know, there's, there's a lot of people who are doing attunements over the Internet and healings over the Internet, and absolutely you can do um, absentee healing. Um, I've done that a lot and had some really good results. Um, but generally for that, I don't charge because I feel that's my give back. And it's funny because all my students and, and Reiki masters that I've trained do the same thing. Um, but I've worked on people, you know, infertility. One lady who was going to get induced and she called me and said, could you do me a favor? Um, could you just check in and see how I'm doing? Cause I really don't want to be induced. So I started working and I said, okay, if the baby's going to be fine, she's going to be fine. Could you just break her water? And all of a sudden my phone rang. She goes, my water just broke. I said, okay, good. Go have your baby. She kept calling me. I'm six. I'm seven. I'm eight. I'm like, do you think you could get off the phone now and just go have this child? And she had her first baby in an hour. And she's like, and I had virtually no pain. She goes, you are on speed dial if I ever get pregnant again. Um, so absolutely, you know, there's wonderful benefits for absentee Reiki. It's kind of like how I describe it. It's healing prayer, like when they give intercessory prayers at church and they have a whole list of people. But this is kind of like healing prayer with attitude. Um, it <laughs> focuses in on one person and one specific idea or one problem and kind of goes in and blows it apart. Um, I use it a lot when people are transitioning, um, when they're in between, have one foot here and one foot there, and help calm them down so they can kind of do their own thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I've used it. I, like I said, I had a lady in England that we worked on from the United States, and she had um, heart problems, and she was due to go in for surgery. So we decided to do what was kind of like a, a continuous Reiki. So we had five or six people. We would do 20 minutes, and then somebody else would take over. And she had someone sitting next to her with a pad of paper, and they kept writing notes, and they could feel exactly when one person stopped and the other one started. And she had a urostomy bag because she had a um, no bladder. And this thing just kept filling up with chunks of stuff. Well, turns out she went to the doctor. She didn't need the heart surgery. And about two months later, she flew to the United States so she could meet her angels. I, uh, <laughs> I know. So when you have things that happen like that, why not do something like this? This thing, I'm like, this this stuff works. I'm like, really? Time and time and time again. I'm like, And I'm like a skeptic i'm like nah it's probably not going to work this time nope um every single time I, yeah i was gonna say so this one's a this one comes from the chat room so if it's a you don't want to go there don't go there kind of question it's fine it's a it's a good question though i i just never thought about it before but since we're here i'm going to ask it because it's interesting are ha, have you ever been asked to perform or attend an exorcism yeah, um, I had uh, this. Well, you know, not everything is butterflies and unicorns when you do this, um, because you deal with non-beneficial energies as well as you know light workers. So I had um, two women who came in together, and usually I I don't allow somebody else in the room, but they wanted to be together to support each other. I said fine. So one was on the table as I was working, and the other lady was sitting, you know, in the chairs. And I'm working away, and all of a sudden I hear the woman who's in the chair say, Honey, it's Mommy. And I could see superimposed over her this, I don't know, negative entity, however you want to call it. There was three of them. I call them Manny, Mo, and Jack. 
so I was just like looking at him like, really? You know, I can see you, okay? You're not hiding from me. So I kind of said, okay, let me just kind of put a protective little shell around me and this person. So two minutes later, I hear, honey, it's daddy. And I'm like, oh, come on. You know, you've got to be kidding me. So she's like, can I touch her? I'm like, no, you can't touch her. You have to stay in the chair. So I finished up and I sent the woman who was on the table out. And the other one saunters over and she looks over her shoulder and in a really raspy voice says, I hate you. I'm like, this should be fun. So I had a little jar of holy water and I pulled it out and I said, okay, you want to do this the easy way or the hard way? It is up to you. So she got on the table and there was like some throwing up and there was some more cursing and the woman would come out and this thing would come out. And finally, you know, I was done and I said to her, I said, what are you doing? She said, well, I kind of thought that I was some kind of channel and that I was doing something positive. I said, no, these marauders just went across the universe and found you. I said, and you opened the door. You can't do this kind of work and be flip about it um, because there are entities out there that, that are just waiting, you know, to cause havoc. So she kind of left, and there was a big, funky energy in my office. And a few days after that, I was going to see a healing priest friend of mine. And, you know, he's a pretty heavy hitter. I mean, he has okie-dokie from the Vatican in order to do what he does. So I kind of quartered him, and I said, okay, this is what happened. What do I do? He's like, nothing. So what do you mean, nothing? You have a pamphlet, <laughs> you know, <laughs> some kind of index cards, you know, something. And he said, honestly, you just have to remember that who we are is more powerful than any of that. He said, so, and you don't want to go looking for it, because once you do, it's like playing whack-a-mole. That's all that happens. Um, but they do show up from time to time. But as a healer, there's always two sides. There's the healer, and then there's the warrior. So... Yeah. You never know when you walk into a situation which one you're going to be confronted with. So I've got another question from the chat. I've got well, I've got sure. one, more, one more question for me. So let's ask that first, and then I'll ask probably finish with whatever else they have here. Um, okay. East Coast versus West Coast. You kind of alluded to the East Coast being a little bit more conservative. Is the word I'll put on it? I don't know if that's true. In this context, it is about, but we. We've got better ghost stories, I will say that, than the West Coast does, but mm -hmm. we're not necessarily as much of a believer in the other part of that. Meanwhile, the West Coast is kind of the opposite. They do have some good ghost stories out there, but they're much more into the spiritual side. So, you may be wondering what happened here. I know what happened here. This show just abruptly ended. My power went out. Unfortunately, as we were talking with Amy, it just went out. And it was out for the next few hours, and of course now I'm back to record the end of this show. Great conversation. Uh, I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, I'm sure you did too, as we learned about he healing and the paranormal for Mamie. So um, be sure to go check out her stuff. Of course, that's the key, right? Because that's why the guests do this. They come on these shows to promote themselves, and that's obvious, and that's fine. But I'm going to take a few minutes here and promote myself, because I normally don't do that. So bear with me as we run through some of the things that we need to do around here once in a while. First thing we need to do is make sure we're following the Mauer Report on any social media that you prefer. If that's Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Gab, I'm LinkedIn. I'm a lot of places, guys. If I'm not where you are, let me know. I could be there. I'm also on TikTok and uh, Clapper and... I'll sort, like I said, I'm literally trying to be everywhere, which is probably a detriment because when you try to be everywhere, you can't be anywhere. If you're looking where I am, because I know people are interested in being where I am, that'd be Twitter. That's my baby. Uh, anybody who knows, he can go back to the Jim D. Felice interview six, seven, eight years ago when I told him I was addicted to Twitter. And that's fully documented. And that's probably where I spend I don't want to say the most of my time, but that's where I that's where I always check first is Twitter. So go over there, follow me at Mallard and that Mallard Report because that's important because that's what we do and say hello. Okay, so there's the social media end of this all, right? 
which is, uh, like I said, important. And uh, take a minute and share a post. Uh, that's also helpful as we're trying to grow this bad boy out. I mean, after 10 years, you'd think you'd be done growing and being a, a overnight success and all this other bit. Every week it's work, and I enjoy doing it, but, well, I need help doing that. So, okay, so that's the social media that end of this, right? Now, if you have not been to Mallard.com lately, you need to come over. Great stuff going on there. Of course, you're listening to this podcast, so you already know which podcast app you listen on, but if you want to tell a friend about the report and they don't have your app, because I know some some of you people out there are podcast junkies and have your own app, like Good Pods or whatever it may be, and they're all great apps. There's a bunch of great apps. But how do you introduce the show to somebody else that may not have that app or may not want to get that app? What do you? What app do you tell them? Well, if they have an iPhone, of course, Apple Podcasts is already on most phones or Google, Google Podcasts as well. Most people these days have Spotify, right? So that's always good. That's a good place to suggest. Or Amazon Music or iHeartRadio. Or there's any number of places, any other apps that you can find. My personal favorite app. Now, again, this is controversial. This is not necessarily new and sexy and all that other stuff. Is TuneIn Radio. I've been pitching that probably for 10 years now. I don't get any money from them or anything. But it's my favorite app because, listen, you can listen to the live show 9 p.m. Eastern Tuesday nights on that app. And you can listen to the podcast on that app. There's a lot of great apps out there for podcasts. There's a lot of great apps out there for internet radio. But TuneIn Radio app is the best one I've found. Now, if you're saying, where do I get that? TuneIn Radio app in your radio store. Or the live player is up there on the top of the Mauer.com page. That is phenomenal. That's where you that's where you can be. And that's where you can check it out. Like I said, just one of my favorite apps. I'm not saying you have to. I'm just saying. If you have never been on the Duck Pond live at 9 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday nights, you need to come over and check it out. You get to hang out with Germantown Runner and uh, a bunch of other fun people that I'm not going to name names because there's no reason to get everybody's name out there because it's different every week. Because these people have lives, and I fully appreciate that and respect that. And a matter of fact, encourage that. I encourage people to take nights off from the pond, go out and live their life and spend time with their kids or play in a golf league or whatever, don't feel obligated to uh, hang out in the duck pond. I don't want you here every week. I'm not sure other hosts tell you that. Okay, so the other thing that we can do, now I, uh, if you go to themowerreport.com, you can come over and sign up for the newsletter, <laughs> which I'm getting better at, but I'm not great at yet, so keep that in mind. There's that. Okay, so we did all that stuff, right? We've got a few minutes left here to promote just a little bit more and what would i promote right at this point right promoted the show promoted the live show promoted the podcast promoted the social media now it's taking opportunity within that framework i mentioned how would you tell your your friend about a show but that's the key right because you can hit retweet and you can hit share you can do all these things but let me tell you there's nothing more valuable than you sitting down and telling your friend hey I listened to this guy. He had Amy on tonight. And that was a good show. And it was about healing and paranormal. And I think you'd be interested in it. Or you dig back through and you find any number of guests that somebody may be interested in. If that's if somebody's interested in NASCAR, send them Bob Levine. It's a little dated now. I mean, it's been a couple, it's been a little while. But for people that need that bridge in, there's that bridge. Or Jesse Ventura. Or uh, Brad Melzer. Or... Goodness, I'd hate naming names of guests because no matter how many names I put out there, after doing 515 of these shows or whatever it is, you get so many great people out there, you feel guilty because you're leaving out so many people out there. A lot of great free archives right now, I'm telling you. I'm just impressed and I'm, I'm blessed to have done the show for all these years. So... I just want to take a minute and thank you for listening. No matter where you're listening, no matter how you're listening, if it's Apple or Google or TuneIn or Spotify, or, I really appreciate you taking an hour each week out of your time because I know time is valuable. Trust me, I appreciate that. I understand that wholeheartedly. And you listen to this show and it means so much to me when I see that number, whatever that number is for that day. That many people took the time to look me up or hit play. I, I still don't get it. I, I'm humbled and blessed and blown away every time I see somebody. And let me tell you, the number 
it always, always still catches me off guard because I am truly appreciative to everybody out there who listens, takes the time, push play. So, like I said, I hope you enjoy this journey. I know I am, and uh, I hope to see you in the duck pond soon, or if not, an email or whatever. If not, you just want to sit back and keep subscribed and you know, listen and never interact, that's fine. I appreciate you just as much as I do the, the person who doesn't. I see the number. So, hey, have a good night. Hello, everyone. My name is Tom Kearns, and I host the Anglo-Saxon England podcast, where I cover the history and culture of England from the departure of the Romans in the 5th century to the Norman Conquest in 1066. So far, we've surveyed the collapse of Roman rule in Britain, the migration of the Anglo-Saxons, and the history of Northumbria from its beginnings in the mists of legend to its destruction at the hands of Viking raiders in the 9th century. I hope you'll come and give it a go.